Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. My name's Neil. Matt. Just Matt. Just Matt today. <laughs> Man, we're we're excited to uh, continue on in our series through 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health. You know, last, last time we uh, talked, we talked about uh, do we still grieve over our sin, right? And the the importance of um, recognizing the cross more fully as we continue to walk in our faith. And when we recognize and, and see the holiness of God more and more as we grow closer to him, it exposes more and more in our, in our hearts, right? And the, the sins from 10 years ago uh, maybe have been uh, overcome, but there are new things in the heart that God has grown you uh, in wisdom to see. Uh, or has exposed for you to see and giving us given us a biblical pathway to move forward. And so that that kind of transitions into the chapter nine, where Whitney poses the question, are you a quicker forgiver? Which is it's a kind of a funny <laughs> it sounds cool. It's yeah, it sounds cool. Uh, but here Whitney now, okay, we expose the sin. Um let's move towards forgiveness and, and really he kind of focuses more so on um, forgiving others uh, when sin is committed against you. Um, but I think it's important that we spend just a few moments kind of talking about the need to reconcile with our God when we are in sin. Matt, you want to unpack some of that? The need to reconcile with our God when we're in sin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Neil, as I've been reflecting on this passage or this uh, this section, this question, um, we have almost a a silly worldly kind of understanding of the biblical information about forgiveness. Yeah. We have a therapeutic, dare I say, false gospel um, of forgiveness, and then we have yeah, make you make you feel good. Yeah, and, and I think people. <laughs> intuitively recognize the insufficiency of both of those right yeah so you have kind of a caricature of biblical forgiveness and then you have a therapeutic forgiveness and i think both of them people are recognizing well that's not going to work right yeah and you have and it doesn't and you and you could probably think of people in your life who are like i am so forgiving you know, someone cuts me off in traffic. I just forgive them. This happens. I forgive them. Right. And you, and then, and they just go about life. So I just forgive. I forgive. And, and, and it, in some sense, you're like, okay, that's great. But then you also begin to recognize that person has so many unreconciled situations in their life. And you wonder, well, is this forgiveness helping? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. One of my kids, this is a while back and probably a year or so ago, uh, came up to me and, you know, they were about five or six at the time. And they, they said, uh, um, if we're supposed to forgive, do we need to forgive Satan? Hmm. And right there, I was like, Ooh, here's a teaching moment, right? <laughs> because Satan is not a repenter of his sin. <laughs> he does not throw him upon himself upon the mercy of God. He doubles down continually he's not seeking forgiveness but even like five years five six years old it's and they have never been taught that that's right but that's like man the heart distorts you know what what true biblical forgiveness truly is 
And I think if we start with uh, the recognition of we are in sin yeah. and we need to be forgiven. That's right. Um, that's the foundation for all of the relational stuff that Whitney really talks about. And I think, you know, going back to um, relationship with God and forgiveness, I think that's what a lot of people mean when they say, I need to forgive myself. Um, yeah. That may not be what they're saying, but that I think ultimately they recognize there is something unresolved that needs to be dealt with. The problem is, like we we like Neil just said, we distort things, and we're making ourselves out to be God when we say, "I need to forgive myself." Uh, yeah. So, if we could just get people to see, first off, your sin is an offense against God. Ultimately, you know, this is what I'm working with my kids on often. You know, their sin against their brother, their sin against their sister is, first of all, a sin against God. If you can be reconciled there, then you can be reconciled with others. And the beauty of the gospel is that we were unreconcilable until Jesus Christ paid that sacrifice. And right. it's his blood. So, yeah, so, so his, first off. His blood uh, uh, ensures we have been forgiven. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so when we think about um, sin, when we think about forgiveness, we have to start with God, and that it is through Jesus Christ that God forgives. Um, there is a uh, a repentance that comes into this, um, a confession and um, and a request for forgiveness, um, and all those things Donald Whitney unpacks uh, and. You know, I think he would say, and he probably says it in here, I might have missed it, but the more you understand the forgiveness of God, the more you're and quicker you're going to be able to forgive others who have sinned against you because you recognize that that earthly sin against you is small in comparison to our sin against God that has been forgiven. And we see that, yeah. in, of course, Jesus's parables. Right. And and this is the way that uh, Whitney phrases it. He says, a forgiving spirit characterizes those who have been forgiven. Repenters toward God are forgivers towards others. And and I think that really summarizes what, right. what you were expressing there. Um, let's let's talk about Matthew 18, 21 through 35. You, you kind of noted that Jesus gives several parables to communicate or to talk through um, this idea of forgiveness. And in Matthew 18, Jesus um, tells this parable essentially about a king and his servants. And let me, I'm turning there. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I was, I was faster. All right. So let me uh, read it and then maybe we can unpack it for a minute, Matt. It says this, then Peter approached him and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, uh, but 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, 
be patient with me and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that servant had compassion, released him and forgave him the loan. The servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is like an incomparable or is such a distinct contrast between the two amounts. Um, the servant went out and found one of his ser- one of his fellow servants who owned it, owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, "Pay what you owe." At this, the fellow servant fell down and began begging him, "Be patient with me, and I'll pay you back." But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. So remember that this is um, Donald Whitney in this question. He's like, are you a quicker forgiver? This is a indicator of your spiritual health. This is um, how you would go about examining um, whether you are growing. And so an indicator that you are growing in the Lord is that you are becoming quicker as a forgiver because you're, you're recognizing what Jesus is teaching here in this concept that we are debtors that owe the Lord a great debt that has been forgiven. An unpayable debt. An unpayable debt. Yeah, that would take generations to try to repay. Um, and even then it would be impossible because we accrue a new debt every minute, right? Um, right. And what we see here is this indicator that this wicked servant did not see the greatness of, of the debt that was forgiven him. Uh, you know, he was sad that he owed the debt. He was, uh, you know, crying out for mercy, but at the same time, he was unwilling to extend mercy to the other. And so, um, I think that's a helpful way to frame this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be just really frank here, uh, if we if we have an unwillingness to forgive, like this wicked servant that Jesus talks about, uh, we should question whether we truly have been forgiven, that we truly have been saved. Um, this should this should cause us to fall on our face. Um, like, why are we holding on to this unforgiveness as almost an idol, right? Uh, to worship at. And so um, kind of the first phase line and testing your spiritual health when it comes to forgiveness is is by simply asking the question, am I ready to forgive anybody anything, right? That kind of, that's what Martin Lloyd, Lloyd-Jones once said, uh, I am ready to forgive anybody of anything. So am, am I ready is a good question to think about. So knowing that people sin against us continually and uh, often in an unjust manner or often in a almost like habitual manner, it could be the same person, um, the first place our hearts need to get 
is a willingness to forgive. Um, some uh, biblical scholars have called this like attitudinal forgiveness. Right? We want to have an attitude or a posture of forgiveness. We can't grant it unless the perpetrator is repentant and requests it, but we can be ready uh, to give it. And, and that's a really key distinction between a worldly um, understanding of forgiveness and what biblical forgiveness actually is. Because many will say, you just simply forgive them, right? You just, I forgive them. You don't ever have to talk to them. They don't ever have to change. You just check it down and move it, move forward. And that, that's not what the Bible is talking about. In fact, um, Acts 7, 60 and Luke 23, 24 are kind of two instances where we see uh, this expressed. Matt, do you want to walk through that in the book? Yeah, so before we go there, just I, I like I like the words a posture of forgiveness and transacted forgiveness. Yeah, um, that's another way to help kind of clarify, you know, horizontal forgiveness and vertical forgiveness. I've heard that, but I just think a posture of and then transacted. So, uh one of the ideas behind it and and I'm I'm getting to where Neil told me every time Neil says, "Hey, why don't you go there?" and then I go somewhere else. Um and I am getting there. I'm just taking the long route. Um one of the issues is people don't understand um why there has to be a transaction of forgiveness. And um Luke 17 talks about if he repents, forgive him. Uh, but right before it, before verse three, verses one and two talk about that this is a form of um, judgment and it is a form of correcting the unbeliever or correcting the one who sins against you. So it's a little bit more complicated. I don't know how Whitney fit all forgiveness in one small chapter. Um, he was he did a great job. He did. So, um, <laughs> In, in Whitney's, he says here, um, there is no teaching or example in the Bible of verbally granting forgiveness to anyone who has not sought it. So he says, um, somebody might say, yes, there is. Go ahead, Neil. Look at your mic. You're, you're disappearing. I'm disappearing. <laughs> okay. Um, he says, yes, there is. Jesus did on the cross. He's like, but let's look at this more closely. So although Jesus prayed immediately after they nailed him to the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, this wasn't an unconditional forgiveness. Otherwise, these people would be forgiven of their sins without repenting and believing in the gospel. Which is heresy. Which is heresy. So on the cross, Jesus did not forgive J. Adams surely shows plainly, he prayed, referring to the similar prayer by the martyr Stephen for the forgiveness of his persecutors in Acts 760. So um, he quotes Jay Adams a little bit more here, but Jesus's prayer was answered in the response to the preaching of Peter and the apostles on the day of Pentecost and on those other occasions when thousands of Jews repented and believed the gospel. They were not forgiven the sin of crucifying the Savior apart from believing that he was dying for their sins, but precisely by doing so in response to the faithful preaching of the gospel in Jerusalem. 
So the emphasis here is what Jesus and Stephen did in their prayers was display their willingness to forgive. They had a posture of forgiveness, those who were killing them. Um, had one of their murderers asked for forgiveness, we have every reason to believe they both would have said, I forgive you. And so yeah. there is this posture uh, when that person says, I repent or I am sorry, will you forgive me? You are ready to say, yes, I forgive you. Ready and willing. Ready and willing. Um, yeah. And that and that's really the, the thrust of this message is that we don't forgive willy-nilly um, yeah but when some and and we maybe have to add this principle too because sometimes we we forget it but in the gospels it's he who knows goes if you know yeah that you have something against your brother you need to go to them and confront them at the same time mm -hmm. if you know you've done something to someone you also leave your your gift at the altar and you go and reconcile so right the the onus is on he who knows and so yeah. if you know you've done something wrong against someone your job is to go and seek forgiveness if someone has done something to you and you know that they sinned against you you are to confront them um and at some point that conf confrontation needs to say listen you sinned against me and i am hurt you've done these things and if that person doesn't come to you and say Oh, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Then forgiveness has not been transacted there, and there are there's a broken relationship as a result. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when someone comes to you seeking forgiveness, that's there's an ownness of sin. There's a commitment towards change as well. That's the idea of a repentant person coming before the person they sinned against, and and the for the one who's been sinned against. Um, what God calls you to obey him in is one, ready your heart, remember the forgiveness you have received, that will help you ready your heart. And then two, if the person comes, forgive them, grant that forgiveness, make make that promise. And, and, and it's one thing that should be clear, you know, forgiveness does not mean, and Whitney touches on this here, it doesn't mean you forget yeah. what the offense, like that somehow your abuser no longer like you're going to bring your family around them. You're going to invite them to the picnic. Like that's not what the Bible's teaching here. It's saying that you can grant that forgiveness out of recognition for how you've been forgiven and you can move forward. Uh, you can walk in faithfulness here. That's what God calls you to obey him in. And for the perpetrator or the one who has sinned, when God has brought you to awareness of your sin, First reconcile with him and then go reconcile and repent towards your uh, the person you sinned against and accept whatever consequences. There may not be a, um, you know, you, you if you're a father and you sinned against your kids in a wicked way or a mother or whatever, um, the kids may not want to bring their families around you still, even though you've asked for forgiveness. And you have to accept that. Um, but God has called you to go and ask and to change uh, direction based on uh, the conviction the Spirit has put in you. And I, and I think one more thing to talk about the he who knows goes principle, Matt. I, when we're talking about believer sinning against believer, hey, listen, friends, it should be a foot race for reconciliation. 
when we talk about he who knows goes, it's not like, well, when God brings them to aware, like we should want to reconcile. We should desire that. Um, you know, the Bible in Romans 12 talks about outdoing one another and showing honor. You know, I, I would argue, and that's the clear, that's the clear uh, thing in the scriptures where it says, you know, compete with one another over showing honor, right? Basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would argue that this principle should be also when we compete with one another over like we want to run and make it right. And the only way to make it right is by appealing to the mercy of someone else and taking ownership of your, your sin and a com making a commitment to change. Um, and, and that is how we, we are reconciled to one another because sin separates us from one another. Right. So, um, what, how do we probe the heart? So maybe, maybe you're listening. You're like, okay, I, I, all right, I'm, I'm grasping, uh, what you guys are laying out. I get it. Uh, I need to be a forgiving person to be ready to forgive. I'm be ready to, uh, commit on my part of that transaction, whether I'm granting forgiveness or requesting it. Um, that's the transactional idea there. Um, how do I, how do I investigate my own heart, um, to see if, Maybe I'm still unwilling. I don't know, right? How do I how do I work that out? Um, he Whitney offers several several helpful aids for you to probe your heart. Um, but one thing that's important to remember is sometimes, friends, uh, time will pass when between when the sin was committed or the offense was committed, and uh, uh, and maybe you have you have forgotten about that offense. Maybe it doesn't uh, come to mind so often, right? But then you see the person and you're reminded. And I think Whitney does this excellent job in saying, man, do you, does your jaw muscle tighten? Does your stomach churn when you remember the face or the event? Be careful that you do not think you have forgiven just because you have forgotten. Um, that, that is, that is so key. Um, don't let for uh, forgetfulness um, usurp actual forgiveness. Yeah. Um, so let's move into the probing of the heart. What's the what's the first question there, Matt? Yeah. So this process is is active, right? So we're yeah. actively uh, doing this behavior. We're not passively sitting back and just thinking, "Oh, it'll you know time will come or." eventually I'll forgive them or, you know, we're actively pursuing. And so to do that, um, Donald Whitney here gives us some questions. Um, the first is, are you ready to forgive? Right. Or perhaps it's better asked in reverse. Is there anyone you are not ready to forgive? Right. Mm. So as you kind of just go through your, your past, your family, your neighborhood, um, you know, is there any bitterness within you when you think about someone or is there any cards in your Rolodex? Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. whatever that means for us modern people. <laughs> yeah, is there anyone that you crossed off the list? Like they're dead to you um, yeah. because, you know, you've been hurt by them. Right. Um, the second question, do you need to initiate the process of forgiveness with anyone? Right. So if mm. you know you are the offender, of course, the next step is clear. Repent. Don't merely apologize. Repent, and this is probably a, a longer conversation, um, but there's great resources out there on that. Um, but then, yeah, you know, let, let's name a couple. 
Yeah, well, well, it's the difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow. And, um, you know, 1 Corinthians 7, I think, is very clear as to what that looks like. And, yeah. um, you know, I would just grab a study Bible or a good commentary on that passage and just ask yourself if you are, um, if this is where you're at, are you uh, willing to face the consequences for your action? Is your, your sin bigger in your eyes than the sin of the other person. Um, so yeah. yeah and if that. you want to read a, read a resource, um, you know, the doctrine of repentance by Thomas Watson's a great quick one, quick read, easy read a yeah. uh, little bit of old English in there, but it's not too uh, terrible. There's uh, some modernized ones too that you can there's get. Some, yeah. There are some modernized ones, but that, that'd be a great resource to go to. And Chris uh, Brahms, if... Unpacking Forgiveness, is a solid, yeah. solid text. Love that book, yeah. Um, but, you know, you also have, is there someone that you need to confront uh, for having a sending, you know, sinned against you? You may need to initiate the process of forgiveness with someone who has offended you. Uh, Jesus mm -hmm. says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. So there's a, a requirement of a rebuke, of bringing the offense. Um, you know, I do that's that found in Luke. That's found 17. in Luke 17. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so often, you know, with my kids, that's that's a common thing. Like they'll go tisk, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, wait, where did the chain start? And it's because one, his feelings were hurt and the other one didn't realize it. So for them each, it was like, no, that person started it. When in reality, it has been ongoing. It's just they didn't recognize what they did. So it would have been easier if right at the beginning, my oldest one says to my youngest, when you said that about me, that made me sad. It hurt my feelings, right? Um, and then that's the initial thing, right? Con confrontation. And so people often try to excuse it away like, oh, they're having a hard time or that's a bad day or right um this is how church drama tends to happen you know becky sue says something about about sally's potluck meal and next thing you know it's become this long drawn out drama where husbands are involved and and it's just this coldness and bitterness and the knitting circles get going and you know prayer requests are are going and so that never happens in church but that's what's going on I would add to like the guiding principle here, First uh, Peter four eight, right? Love covers a multitude of sins. So if you've been offended and and your love for that person is not covering that offense, that go <laughs> go and reconcile, uh, and don't wait. Go confront it. Hey, this 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 hurt me. I know it may seem small, but. I can't let it go for some reason and I, we need to address it. And yeah, Neil, you know, this is something that I've, I've been thinking through and I know we have to get, get going. Um, but one of the things that I've been thinking about is love is not easily offended. Right. Mm -hmm. And and there's a big difference between opinion, hurt feelings and an actual sin. Right. right. And, and I think maybe our people and myself included just need to think a little bit more carefully is am I is my feelings hurt because I just didn't like what they said or did they sin against me because if they sinned against me I definitely need to confront them I can't overlook a sin but I can overlook an offense that maybe my feelings were hurt or I just didn't like the tone they took like those are probably yeah. easily forgivable things 
but no, if if it's a sin against you, they need to know. Um, but and then finally, I think the last question is, do you love forgiveness? Yeah. Oh, he, he says it in his own thing. Many professing Christians are too easily offended. Some almost <laughs> take pride in their ability to hold a grudge or in their refusal to humble themselves or in their resistance to seeking or extending forgiveness. Uh, true Christians love forgiveness uh, because yeah. of God's forgiveness of them. Yeah, so all of these questions will help you to kind of probe your own heart, see where you're at currently. Um but man, let the let the Lord and his word shape the way you understand this, but also the way you act yeah. um, and how you relate with your God and with other people. Um, and all of this helps to maintain unity, right? Unity for us with our God and unity within the household of faith. Uh, wherever that is for you in your local context. So, and, and in your homes, right? So that's our question for today. Do you, uh, do you, are you forgive a quicker, quicker forgiver? Quicker forgiver. Right. <laughs> Next time we get together, we'll, we'll continue on. We're kind of rounding home here uh, in this book. Uh, it's been a joy to go through this and, and, and to critically review our own hearts. I know Matt and I, are putting this into personal practice as well. So guys, we thank you for listening to the Gospel Lifeline. We hope you're encouraged and edified today. We'll catch you next time. Neil and Matt, we out. <laughs>